coming up later tonight, uh, the founder of Oculus has created a VR headset that kills the user if they die in-game. We've got that, plus John's wedding tonight, right here on Welcome Back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's thought it was pronounced nuptial for a long time, but it's actually pronounced nuptial John. And together we're Henry and Nuptial John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to stop progress. Why? <laughs> that is our mission. Day after day, the stopping of progress. But Henry, Henry, John, John, listen, John. if you want to keep progress flowing, you gotta vote. Just get out there, baby, vote blue, we, no matter who yo vote. When we, you listen to this podcast, you you go out there and you vote. You we, vote like your life depends on it. We we record this on election day. Doesn't matter. Just vote. Just vote. vote. It's getting bad. Nine dollars to Nancy Pelosi or the villains will not win. Vote. Okay, yeah. Whenever you have the chance, America, it's time to vote. There's no reason why people vote more for American Idol than their local trash god. You gotta vote for trash god. A vote for trash god is a vote for progress. Which we will stop. Yes, we will stop. So we are we are anti trash god, but uh, we listen, need just vote that for op- your local Democratic losers. <laughs> vote for those Democratic losers. Um, you mean the party, or like the fact that we're voting is part of democracy? Both. Okay. Did you know in a I. Did you know there's a certain state? I have a fact that I didn't start the podcast with because I didn't save it. But did you know anything, John? Uh, Matter of fact, I don't know shit. I knew it. There's a certain state. If I can find it, it would be great right now. I want to say. I know. Starting off strong. New season of the podcast. John's back. I lost my shit. There's a state out there that represents the parties uh, with little symbols. I want to say it's Utah. It could be Oklahoma. I don't know. One of those two. My beer uh, exploded, so I'm not, I'm not oh going to no. talk for a second. That's okay. Can you? But you can listen. I can listen. My hoodie. Oh, oh my, my god! I'm so it sorry. Went everywhere. Do, do we need to pause? No. I have a hoodie. <laughs> Nobody gets that reference. Go. Okay, we're good. Continue. All right, are you sure you don't need more time? No, I'm good. Oh, God, it's everywhere. Yeah, go. Okay. And don't cut any of that out. Of course, I would never dream of it. However, this one state on the ballot, when you try to vote straight party ticket, they've got three options for you. They um, They got those libertines. What are they called? Libertarians. Libertarians. They got... Uh, Republicans and they have Democrats and for whatever reason it's part of this this state's laws that uh, the Republican Party is represented by eagles and the Democratic Party is represented by chickens um, this seems biased it's part of their laws uh, I, I'd love to know 
Wouldn't it be funny if this is a historically blue state? It would be very funny, and the fact that I cannot find this after seeing it like three or four times today is really infuriating, uh, because it, that would give us more information, but hey... I, I gotta say, not... though, it's it's important to be able to make conclusions based off of inference, uh, and, you know... I'm willing to bet that the state that doesn't trust its voters to read letters, probably not a blue state. <laughs> Could be. And I, want, I think uh, the libertarians were were depicted as like a sunset or a sunrise. Oh, no. Depends on how you read it. <laughs> like a new dawn is brewing if you vote libertarian. Oh, man. That's uh you know, I, I actually I don't know what state this is, but I did submit a uh, pitch, a brief when they were looking for symbols to represent the, uh, <laughs> the three parties. Oh yeah. What, what, did, what, what, what happened? Well, of course there was, uh, the Democrats and that was a hand outstretched and then another hand putting food into that hand. And then there was the Republicans, which is a hand outstretched and then a hand stabbing that hand. Uh, and then there was the Libertarians, which was just a vote being thrown straight in the trash. I have found it. It's Oklahoma. Oh, the, I, the place to be. Right. Oklahoma is the place to be. Republicans are eagles. Democrats are, of course, chickens. And the Libertarians, I was wrong, are porcupines? Oh, if, I love that they went all animals. Yeah. So according to Oklahoma state law, the Democratic Party is represented by a rooster and the Republican Party is represented by an eagle. So those are their official symbols. I mean, eagles are mean and chickens are nice and porcupines are... Prickly, but soft. I guess for libertarians, porcupines makes a lot of sense because it's like, don't touch me. I, I reserve the right to do meth and be racist without the government interfering. <laughs> The government can't touch me because I got spines on my back. I got spines on my back. I'm high on opiates and I love <laughs> Ben Shapiro. <laughs> no one should be ever able to penetrate my defenses. Therefore, I am the noble porcupine. I don't totally get the rooster, though. Uh, they're noble. Oh, they're noble. And the eagle? Uh, cowardly. <laughs> the, you know the classic tale of the cowardly eagle. I mean, yeah. eagles are are weirdo birds. They're they're not particularly like brave or cool. They just kind of eat fish and hang out. Roosters, though, they're up at the ass crack of dawn every day, screaming their ass <laughs> off. Screaming their ass off. And then if you look at one the wrong way, it will uh, chase you until it has a heart attack trying to slash you with its feet. Yes, but on the same in the same way, they can also uh, dance around a little when they get beheaded. Mm, that is true, and we've been seeing the Democratic Party do that for a while now. <laughs> now I'm receiving a little bit of breaking news. It seems as though maybe this update is coming live from your closet. Uh, you had a beer explode on you? I, I did have a beer explode on me. I tried to open it while you were talking so I could op edit out the sound later if we didn't bring it up. Uh, but it exploded. So, you see, I had a wedding recently. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you heard. Right, right. No, I, I did hear. I heard of it. 
And uh, there's a little bit of a tradition on this podcast. The old heads will know that uh, every time one of its hosts gets married, we overbuy beer that people don't like, and then we have hundreds of beers left over that we have to drink through over the next few months. Yes, there there is actually a cooler next to me that I forgot about until just now that is filled with beers and wines that are left over from your wedding. Yeah, I'm trying to be very generous with these beers, so I'm no dummy. I tried to learn from your mistakes. You know, you a dummy, I suppose. This does imply you're a dummy, though that wasn't my intention. Uh. <laughs> uh, but I, I tried to learn, and when I got beers, I thought... Rather than the three beers that Henry had at his wedding, a Pilsner, which is a solid choice, um, whatever the second one was. Hefeweizen. Live Oak Hefe. uh, Kind of, that exploded beer is really catching up to me. Uh, Hefeweizen is a good choice. I love a Hefeweizen. I think at that point in time, Live Oak Hefe was you and I's favorite beer. It was our go-to for sure for a while. And Heffies are delicious. They're just a little funky and kind of put people off. And then you got like an extra IPA from Sierra Nevada, which nobody except the truest freaks, i.e. me, would enjoy. So when buying my beer, I thought, I'll stick, I'll learn from Henry and I'll get a Pilsner, uh, which is why I'm drinking tonight the Austin Beer Works Pearl Snap German Style Pils, uh, which is delicious, uh, pretty pretty uh what's the word I'm looking for it's got like a piquant hoppiness to it which pilsners can kind of lack sometimes super tasty uh, and i also got a hazy ipa i also went the ipa route but i want something that's crushable that's drinkable that's got a a smooth creamy mouthfeel that people can enjoy despite it being an ipa and people didn't fucking drink any of it well the, here's where you went wrong can, can i can i elucidate you uh, I would love to have some insight into how the wedding guests truly felt. Yeah, so here's where you went wrong. You had two very tasty cocktails that were also on offer, and that's all I drank the entire night. So I, I actually hang my head on this, hang my hat on this. Hanging one's head is sad, but hanging one's hat is happy, I suppose. Uh, I, I hang my hat on this in that I, I created these two cocktails, and... Uh, so I brought four liters of bottled and bond bourbon to make a very specific old fashioned that I had formulated over the course of weeks to be super tasty. And people drank, I'm going to say 3.8 liters of bourbon yeah. on a Sunday night. Absolutely. I had three and a half old fashions. I, people were coming up to me being like, I heard you made this. It's really good. I'm like, well, I didn't make it. <laughs> I had a recipe I gave to two very talented bartenders. I really love that they watched two other people make the drink. <laughs> take, turn around from them. Take it to you. You made my drink. But the bartenders make it. They're like, you're telling me John made this? <laughs> Literally, they hand them the drink. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they, I, they were great. They were great. I only stumbled a couple of times up to them, and I had to make it out that I was not as drunk as I was. Uh-oh. I uh, wasn't drunk at all. But I, I'm glad everyone enjoyed the, the boozy cocktails, but left us with uh, over 100 beers. And in addition to that, we have a, uh, a friend who gets a discount from a wine wholesaler. 
And uh, she purchased all of the wine for a rehearsal dinner, which people were drinking like fishes. <laughs> but we still, from that rehearsal dinner, had a couple dozen bottles of wine, plus the couple dozen bottles of wine from the wedding. So we have like 50 bottles of wine, 100 plus beers. Yeah. Uh, so we will not be spending money on alcohol for quite some time. It's a good thing. And also, one of the things that I did with the wedding beer, uh, this was at the beginning of the year, so I guess it's a little bit different. But every time there was like an event or a party, anytime we were invited somewhere, I would just grab however many I could like comfortably move and just bring it to the party for people to drink. Yeah, that is definitely our plan. We've been uh, We've been very uh, forthcoming with our alcohol. Actually, we returned... The night before our honeymoon was Halloween. A spooky. And I was walking up and down our block holding a 1.5 liter bottle of vodka, hoping to hear Halloween party music so I could walk up to them and be like, please, neither of us drinks Smirnoff. Please take this unopened bottle of vodka from us because it's just going to be clutter. And I didn't find anybody. Well, it was a Monday night. Yeah, that was that was really a problem. I was surprised at the wedding with uh, how much people drank despite it being a Sunday night. Yeah, I, we were all just, we wanted to be in a good mood and drinks put people in good moods and it was great. I wasn't yep. even hung over the next day, so kudos to whatever magic you pulled to do that. Oh, I um, every person who left... I had a guy drive around and pump them full of water while they slept. Well, that's that. I mean, that was a good thing that you did. Yeah, he did a really good job. Very discreet. I've only heard from two people who passed. I will say, and this, I mean, this has no bearing on anything, but the Monday after your wedding was such a crash back down to reality. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, this is also something that we collectively hang our hats on. We've heard from multiple people. That it was unfair to have our, by their admission, by their words, a very fun wedding on a Sunday because it made their their Monday yeah. work that much worse. Absolutely. No, like a thousand percent. Like, I don't know. that. So the last week, we didn't talk about this because I didn't want to like bum you out. But like the the Friday before your wedding, I got yelled at by every boss I had have and uh going back to work on monday was just a reminder that like that shining light that made me forget how bad my my life is of your wedding is gone forever and i can never go back i mean you can look at the pictures i do i look like i'm <laughs> barely there <laughs> you you look fine no, no, uh, there's there some pictures of me walking. I'm like, am I doing the Leonardo DiCaprio happy walk? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that my claim to fame? I think you might do the Leo DiCap happy walk. The Leo DiCap, the Leo de happy walk. The Leo de happy walk, yeah. Um, but no, great I, pictures. I'm, I'm just really glad that everyone had a good time because that was the thing we wanted is we're like, hey, and this is not to like suck our own dicks, but like we just wanted to have a wedding that was fun for the most part. And I know that, you know, it, the the initial part was pretty dour with like the sacraments and the blood of Christ and the mandated two hours of prayer. Uh, but after that, I like to think people had fun. 
Yeah, no, it was great. The slaughtering of the goat was a little weird, especially because you were like, don't worry, everybody, the goat's vegan. And we were, we were like, well, you're still killing it. Yeah, you know, we're not really open to notes on our ethics. That goat told us okay. it was vegan, and we killed the shit out of it. Gotcha. All and right. drank its blood. As you, as is your right. As yeah, the, it's the, all right. The, that goat was our property. It has okay. since passed, and we drank its blood. Yep. And tonight, instead of drinking any of the uh, the free beers that John gave me, oh fuck, <laughs> oh shit! I just realized what if this follows the same pattern from the previous time this happened? Yeah, I have to stick to one beer until it's out for the most part. Eh, you can do whatever you want. Okay. I mean, I love Pearl Snap. It's my favorite Austin Beer Works beer. Yeah. Well, it's not my favorite, but it's my favorite that comes in a can. Well, I am anyway. dr- I'm drinking a left-hand brewing company peanut butter milk stout. Peanut butter milk stout? <laughs> That's right. Brewed on the banks of the mighty St. Vrain. Um... Rich Saint, milk, Saint Vrain, Saint Vrain, Saint Vrain. Rich milk chocolate notes team up with peanut buttery perfection for a deliciously dark duo. Ooh, a triple D, triple D. That's Left Hand Brewing Company. It is very sweet, which I guess I should have put together by the pe- fact it has peanut butter in the name. I'm really trying. Well, usually, uh. When something says it's like a milk stout, it actually means that's brewed with milk sugar in the fermentation, which ends up tasting very sweet. Uh, God, where's where's Left Hand Brewing from? I think it's from Colorado. Uh, where's the St. Vrain? <laughs> I truly have no idea. Not a state I've ever lived in, I think. I'm just going to look up St. Vrain. Vrain. It looks like Colorado. Colorado nailed it. Uh, I think the Hell Left yeah. Hand Brewing milk stout is actually very, very famous. And is uh, part of, like, craft beer royalty. So it sounds like you've got a quality brew. It was at my local grocery store, John. Uh, We should really get into the habit. I mean, first of all, we should just start, like, a beer podcast or something. We should. We're really good at it. The key to success is to, like, narrow it down. Yeah, we're really good at describing mouthfeels and taste and notes. Like, that should just be what we do. I just like talking and drinking beer. Uh, but if we had a beer podcast, it would be ve- it'd be very insufferable because I just realized that uh, one of our one of the things we'd say a lot and you know force and manufacture and then put on a t shirt is that's a quality brew. <laughs> that's a quality brew. <laughs> a sentence I have never fucking said or thought before in my entire life. I don't think a single human being has ever uttered those words in quite that arrangement. That's a quality brew. That's a quality brew. But yes, that's what we're drinking tonight. And uh, I think now it's time to start the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Now that we've gotten all the hogwash out of the way, it's time to talk about what really (laughs) the hogwash, you know, such as my wedding. Yeah. What hogwash? And now we have uh, space to talk about the important things, such as all the things I've had time to research and care about since I was on my honeymoon with my new wife. 
Oh, that's weird. I don't want to say my saying my wife sounds good because that sounds like we're like a thing. But saying my new wife makes her sound like a car. I don't actually like that. Yeah, no, it it makes it sound like there were old wives. Let me see. My wife sounds good. My new wife sounds bad. My I do hot ha- wife sounds good. <laughs> you can't. Well, hot wife has a connotation in certain circles that you might not want to imply. Oh, does it? I made a whole post using that nomenclature. Wait, really? I did. Okay, you don't know about Hot Wife? I don't know about Hot Wife. Okay, in the swinging culture, a Hot Wife is oh, a... Oh, I gotta delete the whole thing. Yeah, a Hot Wife. It's hot. I think Hot Wife might be one word, so you might be oh. still in the clear. Okay, um, I camel cased it. Yeah, it basically means... Uh, you know, like a, a couple that is open for other men to be Henry, in the relationship. What's up? <laughs> We've all been to Steiner Ranch. Uh, the steak place? <laughs> we, we've all been to, to Steiner Ranch, the the home of Austin's aging swinger community. We've all been there. Are you sure that's not the name of a steak restaurant? <laughs> You're thinking about the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I get Steiner Ranch and the Outback Steakhouse confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's crazy is the Outback Steakhouse. I don't even think of it as that much of a steakhouse, you know? No, it's an Australian fair place. Yeah, why don't they call it the Outback Australian Fair Place? I don't know. They really should. Um, well, we're, Oh, yeah. All the things you've had time to research and care about and look up, you're about to present them all to us right now. Yes, and here we go. In exhaustive order, it is this. Uh, I realized that I am actually a trendsetter and prescient beyond even my knowledge in that I quit Twitter before it was cool, and now I have a reason to never go back. Yes, I. it's funny. Uh, in, the, in the weeks leading up to the events that we covered last week, uh, John had always said to me privately he he was thinking of returning to Twitter, but now there's no reason to. Yes, I uh, when I was dealing with a lot of wedding and work stuff, and I think I this was around the time I'd gotten laid off, and Twitter was getting to be a really like unpleasant outlet for me. I quit Twitter for my own personal uh, mental health reasons, and now I'm an activist. Yes, now you're standing on the right side of history. Yeah, uh, it is a shame, though, that uh, I couldn't have been groveled at to not leave, <laughs> like Stephen King, for instance. Uh, uh, but, yeah, you know, you really, I'll let really... bygones be bygones. E- e- Elon can steer the ship. Yeah, you also missed an opportunity to change your handle to Elon Musk and change your profile picture and do a a bunch of jokes as though you were him. Uh, but I guess everyone is doing that. Listen, I, I think I'm a visionary, clearly, because I left Twitter before it was cool. The greatest visionary, of course, is Italian Elon Musk, circa 2017 or whenever that account existed. Yes, uh, you and Jeff, both big fans of Italian Elon Musk. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of forced, but I think Italian Elon Musk was, uh, he really paved the way for Elon Musk having a a weird, uh, ethically problematic, diamond-fueled uh, grudge, <laughs> emerald-fueled grudge yes. 
against that sweet, sweet blue website. But hey, now I'm on Parlor, so <laughs> good. You made the switch just in time. Yeah, I'm on Parlor and Gab and Only Feet. Uh, don't forget about Mastodon, a, a new social media site whose sign-up process is so confusing that even the most tech-savvy people cannot find a way to sign up for it. What's really funny is um, now that Elon owns Twitter, I mean, I'm sure it's going to like turn into something or whatever, but I think that very unique form of content creation, it's like Vine, right? Vine was its own thing, and then when Vine stopped existing, that kind of content stopped existing for a while until we got TikTok. Um, I don't think there's going to be another Twitter for a while, and I think Twitter is is essentially going to become Facebook and uncool, which, to the generation preceding us, Twitter is already deeply uncool, <laughs> to be yeah. clear. Yeah, I, I mean, so... A lot of people have been saying, like, oh, what, what, so what are we going to jump to next? And I think the real answer is no. The experiment is over. Social media failed. There's no reason to do a next thing. See all all of y'all in the afterlife. I mean, I, I agree. A lot of people, there there is this general consensus among, I'll say it, blue checks. Uh, though not to be blue checks for long, that $8 a month is really going to get you. Um, but, uh, but amongst blue checks, there's this like overwhelming perception of, oh, there's going to be a next Twitter. And I'm like, you know what the next Twitter is raising your goddamn family. <laughs> like, yeah. Get, I, I hate to be like a touch grass person, but like, I, I think we've all been so social media poisoned at this point. It might actually be good for the most like, uh, not innocuous, insouciant is that the word I'm looking for. Uh, kind of the the most pervasive and light social media platform to go away, because if that was the one thing holding you on, then you could just like have an Instagram account you post to once a month and then just live your life. Just please live your life. I just want to live my life. I'm so yeah. done with all of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The only small thing of value that might be lost, but never really worked for us anyway was using Twitter to find a following for our stupid little podcast. But even then, I unless mean, you're throwing, unless you're throwing huge, you know, ad spend behind each one of our tweets, we weren't ever really reaching a new audience. So it, it, the only thing I'll lose an outlet for my dumb jokes every day. I mean, latter day Twitter, which I'm calling it now because Twitter's over, but latter day Twitter was no way to gain a following in any way unless you played by the rules of serial content creation to generate a following, which is true across all platforms like Twitter and YouTube and Twitch and whatever else, which is like you have to constantly create high quality things and make it your job and be one in maybe 10,000 people who get lucky and then it becomes a thing for you. Uh, that's all social media platforms. If you want to grow an audience, you just got to pick one and work or kind of do all of them. It seems exhausting. It is exhausting. It's just not, it's just not good. Yeah. And, and if you, if you're, uh, you know, introverted or just low energy like me, it's, Hard to be consistent, and if you're not consistent, you're dead. 
I mean, it's, 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 it's just time for all of us to get off social media, to stop doing podcasts. Let's just go touch grass and do podcasts. Yeah, touch casts. <laughs> I, I I totally agree for the most part. Because, like, as a, I'm going to say it, a relatively normal human being of peculiar interests, <laughs> such as myself, um, it's really hard to imagine growing any kind of organic following on a social media platform because the attention economy has so prioritized a certain kind of content that like your average person has to mortify their flesh in front of strangers by setting up a Nike, an entry level Nikon DSLR camera with a ring light. And they need to do 13 takes of them looking down and then up and being like, what's up cheese heads. <laughs> like it's fucked. Yeah, no, uh, it, it, there's always been like a sort of class system or, you know, if, if you're already established, yes, it, social media absolutely benefits you. But if you're not, it's you'll never be able to raise the ranks unless I don't know. I don't know how unless somebody who is already established, like goes out of their way to promote your content for you. I mean, now we're in a real uh, entertainment ghetto where people who are already extremely famous are taking on these uh, more nascent entertainment forms like podcasts and just completely dominating the space and ruining it for everyone and completely drying up ad spend in a uh, in a pretty dry environment. I'm looking at you, Conan O'Brien and Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama. Yeah, uh, I, I know this is a cool way for you to make a buck, but you're actually ruining a lot of people's lives. We're not affected by this because no. uh, we have no presence. But if you're like a, a a middling to a large podcast, the presence of these more popular podcasts is actually kind of fucking ruining your life. Yeah, um, it's crazy because like it, it podcast went from like, oh, everybody, every white male, you know, has a podcast to, to, oh, every celebrity now has a pod. Like, it went from being made fun of to just being mainstream overnight. Yeah, it went from every white male you know has a podcast to the white male everyone knows has a podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, I mean, what is what are we to do? I say, I, I mean, Zero Credits podcast is going to go down with the Twitter ship. Uh, we will be there at the bottom of the ocean with our account still tweeting out stupid jokes for the end of time. Not because like not for any other reason other than I'm not learning anything new. So (laughs) (laughs) why do we stay on Twitter? Not because it is hard, but because it is easy. (laughs) Absolutely. I can't learn a TikTok dance. All the social media that's not Twitter is like upload your entire entity, your entire identity. To, to, I, to be on it. And it's like, I, we've never shown our faces. I'm not about to now. I'm an Instagram fan. Um, and an only fan, but <laughs> I, um, so here's, here's the problem. It's a theory that I have. And I think that, um, the presence of, and this is the first time maybe in history that this has ever happened to, to this extent. I think that the existence of, children alongside with the alongside the ubiquity of technology has actually 
started to make our entertainment quite a bit dumber. Because in an environment where traffic from children is worth the same as traffic from adults, you end up in a weird situation where the videos and the content generally that get the most views are like big, stupid, wide-eyed, infantile garbage. Because like, if you have like a YouTube channel, right? You used to be able to have a perfectly fine, calm YouTube channel, and now you need to have like a YouTube thumbnail of you with big eyes and your tongue coming out and the topics yeah. like you won't believe the egg parentheses yeah. heavy egg. Yeah, like, it, we're getting stupider because fucking children who are parked in front of their iPads for six hours out of every day are ruining it. Yeah, They're ruining absolutely. it for adults. If yeah, especially on like YouTube, especially because watch time is the only thing that matters. Uh, so you you got to get those kids' attention because they've got the most time to watch. So the algorithm dumbs down your titles and, and your thumbnails become outrageous, and you spend a lot of time yelling. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to watch a uh, a very calm YouTube channel about uh, a great guy solving crossword puzzles. By the way, the Daily Solve with Chris Remo is the best. Uh, but no one's going to watch that. They just absolutely watch, not. They just want to watch some idiot in a backwards hat being like, "What if I gave ten thousand dollars to an emu?" Wait, what happens if you give $10,000 to an email? See, this is what's happening. <laughs> they take in their beak and they run away. That's what uh, they do. They don't spend it. There, there was a um, – I mean that guy who you're, who you're referring to, he tweeted out after Halloween that like, oh, I was trying to give thousands of dollars away from ki- to kids and they just kept asking for candy. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> fucking fucking duh. They have no – I tried to give an emerald to a fetus. <laughs> Stupid. I know all we yeah. do on this podcast now is complain about social media because the one that we use has been bought by the bad guy. Uh, we are we are understandably a little upset, but yeah, we had no say. Suddenly, it's just like, oh yeah. By the way, the neighborhood you you live in was purchased by the rich guy who owns the mountain behind you. And there's no ski race to try to win it back. Yeah, there is no, there's no saving the rec center in this scenario. They've already bulldozed it. Yeah, it's like waking up and yeah, the rich guy was like, oh, wait, did you guys want to protest? Oh, darn. Anyway, if you want to stand here, you got to give me $8. How did we, a generation, this is going to get real far afield. How did we, a generation who grew up during the 80s and 90s with this, uh, for the most part, now one can argue that this is not true, but there was like kind of an anti-elitist, anti-capitalist bent to a lot of the media we consumed in the 80s and 90s. Like, we weren't, and I don't think media for the most part ever has glorified like uh, like gutless, ruthless capitalism. So how did we grow up to be the generation that just like rolls over for billionaires all the time? I, I don't know. I really don't. Like, yeah, we grew up with all of these movies about be the little guy 
overcoming, you know, the corporation. And yet maybe the corporations were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Put this in front of children today and they'll grow up thinking they can beat us. And then they'll be surprised in 30 years when they can't. I mean, I think it's actually quite a bit more uh, nefarious than that in that media has never glorified hypercapitalism because for the most part it's written by artists who usually see the truth of the world whereas in the background we're like oh we need to buy the the game boys and the playstations because those uh, make us cool and are fun and uh, billionaires have <laughs> have continued over the course of our lives to give us new game boys and new playstations and new convenient experiences that have allowed us to play directly into their hands for the sake of our own entertainment and convenience. Uh, so now we, we can't rail against Jeff Bezos cause we gotta have our bag full of gummy bears in two days. You we, can't, we can't rail against Elon Musk because we want our car with an iPad in it so we can watch Coco Melon. Oh, my God. They made us the babies. I mean, the only thing, though, is uh, I guess Amazon maybe, but I haven't we haven't ordered anything on Amazon in like over a year. I don't own a Tesla. I I own like windows because it's like the default uh microsoft's fine okay i'm I'm trying to think of warren buffett doesn't produce anything so he's not contributing uh what other billionaires are there (laughs) i whoever invented the popeye's chicken sandwich has my number like they (laughs) are the ones i'm giving all my money to you rolled over for the popeye's chicken you 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 rolled over for the the owner of popeye's a popeye etouffee (laughs) he's popeye the etouffee (laughs) he um he's actually from new york He changed his his name. I mean, the Copeland family owned Popeyes, but they sold it off in like 2011 or something like that. I'm just saying, I like PlayStations and iPads and Facebooks. Well, not that anymore. And I've never owned an iPad. I don't know. They made us the babies. We are the babies. We are the babies. We are the children. (laughs) And we are the future. Uh, yeah, the future spending money. Got to get my cocoa melon in two days. <laughs> Got to get my two-day cocoa melon. Oh, no, I can't afford cocoa melon because my one-bedroom apartment's $3,700 a month. <laughs> I got to pick up live a second shift at the Amazon warehouse to afford my cocoa melon. Oh, I is, what the fuck is cocoa melon? <laughs> it is a um, completely soulless Netflix show for fetuses. Oh, okay. Oh, good. They got, you know, they got to do something with those emeralds. They keep getting. Yeah. Also, uh, Nick Lutzko made a made a great song about Coco Melon. That oh, I love Nick Lutzko. I listen to his Spirit Halloween theme every Halloween. He had a whole Halloween month this year. Listen, oh, I we're it. recommending YouTube channels. I'm going to say The Daily Solve with Chris Remo. I'm going to say Nick Lutzko is great. That's pretty much it. I got nothing. Uh, that <laughs> that that one video where there's a spaceship that comes down and the guy says, not today, motherfucker, and he shoots it with a gun. That video is like 20 years old. 
Uh, enough being mad about social media, Henry. Let's move on to new news, shall we? Yes, and I've got new news for you. Oh, you, you okay, well, sure. The uh, National Parks and Wildlife uh, Federation Foundation, I don't have it in front of me, uh, actually issued a warning about licking the Colorado River Toad. Oh, shit, I've heard about this. You're not supposed to do it. You know how uh, every white man with a wispy little mustache is really into 5-M-E-O-D-M-T right now? 5-M-E-O-D-A-T? Uh, 5-M-E-O-D-M-T. Have you not heard of this? You can't just say numbers and letters <laughs> and pretend like that means anything. Uh, it is a very powerful and very popular now uh, hallucinogen. Uh, it is it is the thing that people... Re- that reportedly is released in your brain when you die people who take 5-E-O-5-M-E-O-D-M-T aka DMT typically experience like greatly um dilated periods of time they experience ego death it was very popular with like the Joe Rogan crunchy wellness but conservative crowd uh, and it is uh for the most part, I think gathered from the Sonoran tree frog slash the Colorado river frog toad, toad, not frog, toad, toad. Uh, however, people read this and they think, oh, if I just lick this frog, I'll get the benefits of that sweet, sweet DMT. No, my dear listener, you must extract it and dry it and smoke it. Uh, because if you just lick those toads, it is a powerful neurotoxin that can paralyze you. Oh, no. That's like the exact opposite of what they want. Yeah, they want a religious experience, not t- toad paralyzation. Yeah. I, I, if you want to hallucinate, you kind of want to like, you want to be able to move your hands in front of your face so you can do that thing that all people who are hallucinating do. Oh, yeah, go, whoa. Whoa, whose hands are these, (laughs) man? Everyone who's ever hallucinated says that. And and if you just lick that toad, you're going to be robbed of that because (laughs) you you, won't be able to move your hands. You won't even have a hallucinogenic experience. You'll just be paralyzed for a short period of time. I do not believe that the Sonoran frog slash Colorado River (laughs) frog, (laughs) Sonoran whatever toad and the Colorado River toad. I don't think they'll kill you. I think they have enough venom to kill like a large dog, but you'll probably just be very uh, uncomfortable and paralyzed for a while. So don't do that. If you're going to do DMT, uh, first of all, make sure that it's uh, harvested in like a sustainable way. The up the uptick in DMT usage has actually led to uh, poaching of these frogs, and uh, they might become extinct or uh, endangered soon, rather, because uh, white people want to have religious experiences. So if you're going to do this drug, make sure it's fine. Also, you should probably have like a pretty decent background of hallucinogen use before you use something like DMT. It's not like yeah. a first timers thing. No, no, no. You got to build up a tolerance anyway. You can't zip on right to God. You got to meet a couple of angels first, maybe some, some archangels, you know, you got to work your way up. You can't go straight from sucking on your jewel to ego death. There need to be steps in between. Yeah, and one of those steps is reflection. <laughs> yes. Uh, Reflect honestly, on why. <laughs> honestly, 
Henry, I feel like some honest introspection and reflection would completely eliminate most people's needs to do powerful hallucinogens. Because ego death is great, but have you ever considered the ideological mask that you carry around every day? (laughs) Like, actually thought about it and what it means? Uh, That would probably do more for you than just jumping into hallucinogens might. Right, yeah, just, just identifying the mask you wear and taking that off Oh boy, you want to talk about religious experiences. Yeah, listen, you don't need hallucinogens. You just need some classic Lacanian psychoanalysis. Yeah, or therapy. <laughs> that <laughs> therapy, the original DMT. The original drug. Talking about your feelings in order to process them. Yeah, I'm into DMT. Dat motherfucking therapy. But now we're talking. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, now we're talk therapy and um, therapy's great. Do it instead of hallucinogens. If you want to do hallucinogens, do it safely, but also make sure that they're harvested in a sustainable way and also never do combo because you have to kill a toad to get combo and also you'll puke for 72 hours. Now, if you're actually looking for a way to die, I might have some new technology for you. (laughs) Oh, hold on, Henry. You mean to tell me there's technology to die that's not a toad? Uh, Absolutely. For those of you death seekers who are are just thrill seekers, uh, the (laughs) Oculus founder and defense contractor Palmer Lucky might have a new product for you to try out. Oh, the, um, the, I I think I heard a little bit about this in the preamble. That's right. This is a new VR headset that should its wearer's avatar die in game, it would trigger explosive charges mounted in the headset to blow up. Okay. I mean, I see how this generates a good headline, but what's, what's the rationale? Uh, well, Lucky wrote an entire blog post about the headset's design and functionality in which he says, quote, The idea of tying your real life to your virtual avatar has always fascinated me. You instantly raise the stakes to the maximum level and force people to fundamentally rethink how they interact with the virtual world and the players inside it. You know, that is really interesting. I... I... I have a little bit of a 2D version of this in that I play Super Mario Brothers with a a loaded (laughs) Desert Eagle. And if a Goomba gets me, I blow my brains out. (coughs) Oh, no. It's kind of the same thing. Oh, and I listen to John's jokes with a mouthful of liquid so that if I start laughing, I instantly start choking. I guess I just... I guess I thing. just don't see where the technological innovation from what I said to what he's <laughs> saying lies. Uh, well, he, uh, Mr. Lucky continues by saying pumped up graphics might make a game look more real, but only the threat of serious consequences can make a game <laughs> feel re- to you, real to you and every other person in the game. I, um, I... <laughs> I have a great suggestion for Mr. Lucky. Oh, what's that? Uh, There are a lot of countries right now that are experiencing conflict in which you can kind of sign up to be a mercenary. Uh, You could just do that and you'd actually collect a paycheck. Oh, you just think he wants to kill people. 
no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if if you want to experience something that is a a tactile, action-oriented experience where the stakes are you and other people die, <laughs> just go fight in a war. But it's not, no, 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 this has to do with games, John. Oh, yeah, is... games. The things that classically people do because they have lasting real-world consequences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, maybe this might change your mind about Lucky and his, and your suggestion for him. Uh, what it's... <laughs> what it's imagining. Sway- <laughs> I'm just imagining one of these people who's gone... <laughs> Who's gone all out on a VR setup. <laughs> and they're just alone in a room with an Oculus Rift, a big oh, cable no. coming down. And they've got one of those big round dishes that if you wear socks, you slide around and you can run. Yeah, yeah. It's like on and the whole have, setup. They have like a little thing around their waist. And they boot up the game. And two seconds later, their body just goes limp. Because they fell off a cliff or something by accident, or like they lagged out of bounds. They they just load in and they no clip into a rock, and the game resolves them. And then they just go limp in their dumb little walking treadmill. Oh, God. Awful, but funny. Incredible. Uh, Okay. Would it sway you, John? Would it sway your opinion at all to learn that Lucky uh, attributes his new invention to the anime equivalent nerve gear and the anime sword art online. Wow. Um, you know, there are a lot of other things in popular culture that he could have attributed that to, and he attributed it to the worst one. Uh, the popularity of sword art online, he writes, led to massive otaku enthusiasm for Oculus, especially in Japan, which quickly became our second largest market. In turn, the existence of the Rift made Sword Art Online itself seem far more plausible and grounded. I guess the Rift is the name of the VR? Yeah, Oculus Rift. Oh, okay. A story that had been written in a world where VR was a dead technology was now straight out of the gamer hype headlines. Oof, don't like that sentence. Um, I isn't Sword Art Online about like having relationships with people, a thing that also you famously can do in the real world? Yes, but with stakes turned up to 11. Uh, the basic premise of the first episode of uh, Sword Art Online is that the maker of this new game built into it that if you can't escape the virtual hellscape that you're living in, it'll microwave your brain. Okay, so maybe my argument is that we're already living in a thing where if you can't escape the hellscape, you die. Uh, Mr. Lucky writes, the good news is that we are halfway to making a true nerve gear. Uh, The bad news is that so far I have only figured out the half that kills you. (laughs) I mean, that's the easy part. If we're being honest, the perfect VR half of the equation is still many years out. (laughs) It's really important. We roll out this first part. Oh my God. Okay. I'm he, he details how it works. 
Are you ready to hear how this killer headset works? I'm very interested to hear. I'm going to guess there is a loaded desert eagle pointed <laughs> at your chin with a string attached to it. <laughs> no. Uh, That's so my no. low-tech approach, I guess. Yeah, there there are three uh, highly explosive charges that are lodged into the, uh, the, the band of the headset. Um, these charges are tied to a narrow band photosynthesizer. Whoa, that's a hard word to say. These charges are tied to a narrow band photo sensor that can detect when the screen flashes red at a specific frequency. <laughs> okay. When an appropriate game over screen is displayed, the charges fire, instantly destroying the brain of the user. Okay. I, um... Maybe I'm old for remembering this, but you remember uh, Counter-Strike? You had these things called sprays. Mm-hmm. You, you could just mm-hmm. spray on a wall. Is there anything stopping someone from having, like, a gun skin that, right. that flashes this, the right, this the red right, color? The right shade of red. That's what made me laugh. Like, okay. So there's got to be no user-generated content in this game. Well, this is stupid, even from an engineering standpoint. Because this has to be created just to gin up headlines, because you could create a universally defined variable. Yes. That is just, is headset blowing up? Yes. Like a a Boolean universal variable, which is, is killing user? Yes, no. And you can flip that on death, which is a a defined game state. Right. The defined game state of, like, just the game over is a trigger that can be set you don't even really need a game state for it. Just like if if the game over screen is triggered for any reason, that should flip the logic gate to fire off the charge. Yeah. Why is there photo sensors involved? This is this is over engineering and perhaps hyperbole for the sake of creating headlines. Yeah, because uh, that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, so to that end, I just have to report. I got to do the full reporting here, uh, Mister Lucky has admitted that he has not tried on the headset yet uh, because he says the equipment is still too volatile. Oh, yeah. And when it's completed, it it will not be volatile because it will have, um, hold on, explosive charges? Yes. (laughs) Attached to it? And now imagine you don't get sturdy or stable chemicals to make these explosive charges and (laughs) they're on a VR headset. So don't move your head too quickly or you'll die. I mean, explosives are famously stable. Famously stable, yeah. No issue with with aging or degradation of those chemicals uh, or chemical crossover through um, permeable materials with explosives. I don't think any of that's ever happened. Right. I'm just saying, Mr. Lucky... I'm not an engineer by training, uh, but I, I think my innovations of a simple universal Boolean value, a Boolean variable, uh, and a desert eagle with a string on it uh, might actually significantly decrease your project costs. You've got a point there. Uh, certainly... This is over-engineered, but this is, of course, just the prototype. Uh, As Lucky says in his blog, at this point, it is just a piece of office art. 
a thought-provoking reminder of unexplored avenues in game design. And, and almost, all... almost certainly will never, uh, it will never be more than that. Uh, he continues to write, It is also, as far as I know, the first nonfiction example of a VR device that can actually kill the user. It won't be the last. Okay. A grim portent from Palmer Lucky. Or a threat to all those <laughs> who are reading his blog. It will not be. I will, I will create many more and you will be forced to buy them. I will not rest until, for some reason, I've... I've killed a, a swath of population of people through my VR game, VR Pong 2. <laughs> <laughs> I um, cannot wait until my new real VR death game, uh, Pigeon Dating Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> Goose Game. Goose Game, Untitled Goose Game. I'm, I will say that uh, I could think of a few examples of a VR device that can kill its user that already theoretically exists, disproving Mr. Lucky's point. All right, name one of them. Uh, first of all, that I think it's Oculus is owned by Facebook, so it's this like Facebook headset where you like put your phone in it and it like shows you two different things in different lenses, so you don't need cords or whatever. And it's pretty lame, but you play that next to a cliff. Oh yeah. You walk forward dead. <laughs> That's you a pure device that can kill you. You walk forward dead. Um, I'm going to say a virtual boy and a loaded handgun. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are all things with circumstances or accoutrement in order to create the death. Yes. Okay, uh, that's fair. And, this yeah, is the this, only one that comes equipped to kill com- you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, I, I am going to report that when this does release... Uh, <laughs> I hope the only game that you can play on it is Harvest Moon. <laughs> yes, no death state. Um, <laughs> you just live until you die. Uh, that'd be fun if they made a headset that could kill you, but you can only play it with games that would never kill you. Yeah. Um, I think Cabela's is missing an interesting opportunity here. They could sell the Oculus Rift coupled with a Remington 870 and some <laughs> buckshot. <laughs> I need to stop making this joke. You're just pairing them with guns. I know. It's fine. Um, There are other ways to kill you. I know. I know. (laughs) Licking a toad. (laughs) Licking a toad. Yes. There is a a toad attached to um, an articulated arm with (laughs) with a servo. And if you (laughs) die in the game, it shoves the toad in your mouth. Uh, Look, I'm I'm selling a... (laughs) A new VR experience. Uh, the headset is just two toilet paper rolls attached to some string. It also comes with a toad with the instructions, <laughs> lick the toad. Yes. And uh, you, you know what? You just beat Palmer Lucky at his own game. Where's my million dollars? <laughs> oh, it's almost certainly worth more than that. Where's my million dollars and one other dollar? <laughs> Where's my one million and where's my Powerball money? Oh man, somebody won, did you hear? Yeah, it wasn't me. Did you play? Against all odds, it wasn't me. You were in California where they won. 
I know, Altadena they won. Yeah, that's where you were. I actually did win in that I matched one number, but like I'm not going to cash it for $4. So you did actually play. I'm so disappointed. I have a rule. When the Powerball's over a billion dollars, I play once. That's it. Best luck to you. (laughs) One day I'll win. Uh, Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, if I play enough times. Yeah, yep. You everyone is guaranteed one win. <laughs> By law, federal law, actually. Federal law, yeah. You that you know, they say a winning powerball in every hand and a toad in every pot. I'm just really sad with these new rules that if you lose the powerball, your head explodes. <laughs> oh, we shouldn't have gotten we shouldn't have given Palmer lucky that much power. We really shouldn't have. He looks like um Haley Joel Osmond. I don't know what he looks like. I think he was just played by Haley Joel Osment in Silicon Valley. Oh, is that was that him? It was supposed to be some childlike dummy, um, allegedly. Does that I work? Wouldn't. If if you insult someone's intelligence and then say allegedly? Uh no. You could say oh. in my opinion, I guess. No, it's not my opinion. <laughs> it's it's no one's opinion. It's it's not so then just oh you put parody in parentheses behind the name of your account. Yeah, dummy parody. Dummy parody. You cannot impersonate anyone or insult anyone's intelligence on Twitter or you'll be permanently suspended and you especially cannot be an Italian version of them. Absolutely not. That is against the law as the, as it, as it, as it were. Yeah, as it Twitter. As it Twitter. Oh, boy. And on that note, I think we've got no other recourse, John, but to bring this little VR experience to an end. We need to steer this VR ship into harbor. Right. And avoid the flashing red section, because that will surely (laughs) end our lives. Yeah. We don't want to end our lives. Our lives are just beginning. I'm married. You have other things going on, I'm sure. I mean, you said you 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 said that so quickly. It's I honestly heard, I married you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a twist in the podcast that would be. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, I would never marry you because I'm uh, already married. I wouldn't marry you either for similar reasons. Yay, <laughs> we agree. <laughs> We agree. Do I sound different now that I'm married? Oh, absolutely. Your voice sounds an octave higher. Higher? Interesting. Yeah. This is how I sound before. I'm single. I'm single and I'm sad. You didn't use use contractions when you were single. Oh, I single. Yeah, that's what you sounded like. It's clobbering time. You also, yeah, you also complained that your skin was made of rocks. It was very confusing. <laughs> I was like, I'm the thing. I'm made of rocks. I went to a, the, I went, I went to the moon, and I'm rocks. <laughs> it's all you said. You walked around saying you went to the moon and you're rocks now. But now that you're married, you can fly around and catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's really fantastic what marriage does. It really is. It is fantastic for the people who get (laughs) married. 
it is, you know, it's it's an age it's it's an age old axiom. Marriage is the rise of the silver surfer. <laughs> Watch out, here comes Galactus Eater of Vows. Yep, that's the axiom. And if you have jokes that you want to get on our podcast, you could write jokes to us, I guess, on Twitter. <laughs> Do we we got we keep promoting it? I think we have to. I mean, it's our one thing. That's right. You can send us a tweet on twitter.com to at ZCPCWHJ on twitter.com. And John knows what that stands for. That stands for just give us like one emerald. We've been on the platform for a while and we need one more emerald. Ha ha. What is that, Elon? You're giving us an emerald? Joke's on you. We had six already. Now we have seven emeralds. Now we're supersonic. And super um, shadow. We're the two the two hedgehogs, and we're coming at you, and you're a big guy. <laughs> you're a big guy in the middle of space, and we're going to get you. That's right. I call dibs on supersonic, I guess. And if That's you wanna... fair. I'm, I'm the one with the gun. <laughs> you want to send us an email, that's a thing you can do without ever supporting any maniacal people. Maybe. I have no idea. Send us an email to email at zerocredits.net. We will read it, respond to it, smell it. We will smell your email. If that creeps you out, we won't do that. Why would you say that? Nobody knows. Email is the only way to appease the god. Guess the one. Uh, we're also on a number of podcast listening applications or apps, if you will. Uh, you're listening to us now somehow, so maybe give us a rating or review on that platform. We're on Spotify if you want to switch. We're also on Apple Music Podcasts, Apple Podcast Music, Google Podcasts. We're on a bunch of them. Find one you like. That's great. The most important thing you can do is find a person in the world and tell them to listen to our podcast. That's the real way to spread awareness of zero credits. Zero credits awareness helps no one, but saves you from boredom. Uh, so tell a friend about the podcast. They'll tell a friend about the podcast. And then the podcast will tell a friend about you. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. And uh, I, I was just thinking that um, why isn't there like a super big, the cat? Oh, uh, Froggy's not a gem. Froggy is a toad that if you lick, paralyzes you. <laughs> oh, boy. And from everyone here at, at the Zero Credits, uh, youths formed by Sonic Adventures 1 and 2 Studios, we would like to wish you a happy week. Goodbye. Just see would fish so good, just like Crush 40 would be playing and be like, fish on. Goodbye. <laughs>